Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have another fellow coos deer nut, Justin Birch. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, Jay. How are you? Good. Um, why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself? I guess first and foremost, where do you live and where did you grow up? Uh, I'm born and raised in Tucson. I'm still here. Um, I'm working with my family construction business right now. So, and I'm in the process, uh, the hiring process for the Tucson Police Department. So, we'll see where that takes me. But yeah, Tucson, fantastic. Uh, what what type of construction is your family business? What what do you guys do? Uh, we do high-end custom homes, uh, like Santa Fe style. So, a lot of plaster walls and vigas in the ceiling. Lots of detail. Um, yeah, my dad's been in business for going on like 26, 27 years now down here in Tucson. So nice. Um, with the downturn in the economy eight or so years ago, um, ha- has business in the last couple of years really picked back up? Um, it's kind of starting to, um, since we're in that high end market, it's still kind of slow down here because it seems like the 300 to 500,000 range is booming right now, but I mean, up in that million dollar mark, we're still kind of hanging in there. We're doing a lot of big remodels and that kind of stuff right now, but we've got a couple that are going into contracts soon, so that'll be good. Good. So you've been able to learn from your dad. Um, uh, I'm sure you've... um, learned a lot from him over the years um, within the building uh, aspect of, you know, putting custom homes together. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, I work with his framer right now, so I'm doing framing. So, I mean, there's pros and cons. I like it, but uh, my body doesn't. You know, I've had a few little back problems here and there, but it's all fun, and I enjoy it while I'm young. Yeah, for sure. Um, Justin, we're getting just a little bit of digitized. Um, do you have good phone service where you're at? Um, yeah, sure. I can go outside and see if that's any better. Let's see. Yeah, why don't we try? Why don't we try that? Yeah, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I, are you on speaker? No. No. Okay. All right. Um, so you grew up in Tucson. Uh, when did your love of cooster hunting um, set in? Oh, it set in probably about the time I could start walking. I mean, my dad always had me out with him, and he's always hunted cooster his whole life, so I didn't really get to see the mule deer side of it until I kind of started going out on my own. I think, I mean, I've only killed one mule deer personally, but. Yeah, my dad really got my blood flowing on the coos deer, and I've just been focused on that ever since. Gotcha. So growing up there in Tucson, being a young guy, you know, being able to go and travel around to the different units, um, do you have a handful of units that you hunt and like, or do you have one specific unit, or how do you, you know, with so much access to good country around Tucson, how, how do you, you know, if you had to pick a handful of units or do you just stick with a couple? Um, I mean, I hunt a lot of the units down here. 
Um, but I mean, I've got like my top three that I really stick to that. I mean, I can pretty much go into and consistently find good deer to chase around. But I mean, all the units down here are amazing. And if you put enough time and energy into it, you can pretty much find a good shooter buck in any unit down here. What would you say if you just had to say overall is the best unit down there? I mean, do you think 33 is the best unit in southern Arizona? Um, that's a tough one. You know, I've, uh, I hunt 33 a lot, but I've kind of noticed, like, um, with the number of tags in 33, it's really starting to take a hit and get pressured really hard. And also the amount of lions in there are just getting ridiculous too. So, I mean, the deer are getting it from both ends. So, I mean, 33 has some great bucks, but they're also getting harder to find. Yeah, I remember um, years ago I, I used to like to go down to 34A and the Santa Ritas and um, just some of the most beautiful country down there just south of Tucson. Um, you know, from Mount Fagan to Rosemont Junction to, you know, Madera Canyon, Elephant Head. I mean, that, the 34A is, is an incredible unit, too. What I used to see is, you know, tons and tons of pressure as well, but it seemed like you could always find a decent buck in, in, in that unit. And, I mean, then you go to 36C and, you know, you can always find something decent around there. Um, and, you know, then the 35s units, I mean, that's one thing about you guys that grew up there in Tucson. There's there's so many different places that you can go with you know within a say an hour drive. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, all those units you just named are awesome units. So, and that's speaking on the whole pressure topic. Um, that's why I personally love bow hunting so much because the amount of pressure just goes down dramatically and you can have big amounts of country all to yourself and not see another soul in there. And then the rifle hunts kick off and it seems like everybody and their brother comes on in there and get the deer all pushed around. So, Yeah, so your preference is archery hunting. Do you? I know you just shot a really cool buck, drop time buck, I'll ask you about um, here in a minute on the this last august season um but mm -hmm. do you prefer the you know the december or the january do you prefer that over the august or 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 tell me about that um if i had to pick i would pick august i just there's something about the velvet bucks that i just love and the thing with august is is it's so hot out so if you can find your good buck right first thing in the morning and watch him bed you're going to have a long time to work with them before he's going to get up and moving because it's so hot out. Let's talk about that buck you just harvested uh, in August and walk us through a little bit on the process of, of hunting them. Did you know about them? You know, did he just show up? Um, and kind of how it all went down. So um, I had never seen that deer before. Um, I've never seen anything like him in that spot before. I've hunted that spot for probably going on 10 years now, running cameras, glassing it all the time, hunting in there. 
and I've never seen a buck with those kind of genetics or anything. So, um, yeah, I was just up glassing one afternoon. I got back from my polygraph for the Tucson Police Department and ran up and started glassing. And I glassed him up, and when I first saw him, I couldn't see that drop because it's kind of in line with his main beam on that one side, and he was, I was looking at his other side, so I was kind of watching him, seeing what he was. He has that one little, about two-inch dropper on that side, so, and then he turns his head, and I see that other dropper, and I'm like, okay, now we're talking about something. So I watched him for a little bit and debated on it, whether I should try and move on because it was getting late already. And uh, I just decided to go for it because I had a decent wind, and so I just did a big loop because I've seen deer on the hill he was on before, so I kind of had a general idea of what he was going to do. They usually go over the one side and then feed down the other side of the face going west. So I skedaddled on around and got over on the west side kind of just set up with a good line and waited for him, and it started getting dark on me, so I uh, just started really creeping slow east, and then I saw him down there, and uh, I saw he was with another buck, and the other buck kind of uh, spooked out a little bit, so, and he kind of ran down and then turned around and just stood there, and I drilled him at 73 yards, and that was it, so. That's pretty neat. Um, for you guys listening, uh, you can check the show notes for the link, but um, Justin's, uh, the picture of this buck is on Justin's Instagram, and it's Justin S. Birch, B-I-R-C-H. Um, and on his left main beam, kind of right by where his G1 is, off the main beam kicking down, looks like, what, about a 7, 8-inch dropper? Yeah, it's 6 and a half. Six and a half, yeah, he's got a dropper. And then on his right side below his main beam, right kind of by the tip, uh, he's got a little uh, like an inch, inch and a half dropper coming down. So were you just unbelievably stoked that you go from spotting that deer, making a stock on him, and then you've, you know, you're taking pictures with him? Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, I guess it was just one of those things that was meant to be because everything worked out perfect in my favor. So, yeah, it was insane. I mean, there was zero ground shrinkage when I walked up on him. So, that's pretty neat. So, uh, you shot that buck in August. So, the way Arizona works is is you can hunt in August, um, but then you can't hunt rifle that same year. So, technically, you can't hunt uh, until January 1st, right? So 2018, that will be the next yep. time you can legally hunt for deer. Yep. Did you have a rifle tag in your pocket when you when you got this deer, or had you not drawn a tag? Yeah, me and my uh, girlfriend had the same tag, so I had a I had the first hunt for a rifle. But I love bow hunting so much, so I just get a rifle tag just to have another excuse to go hunting, you know, but it's got to be a pretty big buck for me to get excited enough to shoot him with a rifle. So in other words, for the, the people listening, is you can actually draw a rifle tag, you know, in October, November, December, whatever it may be in Arizona, 
but you are still entitled to hunt that August season with your bow, and that's what Justin did. But once you harvest a buck, uh, you can only harvest one buck in the state of Arizona uh, uh, per calendar year. So in other words, he sacrificed his uh, rifle tag uh, in, in order to harvest this buck with, with, with your bow, correct? Yes, sir. So you kind of look at the August hunt as like a trophy hunt because you've got the rifle hunt coming, and if you can get a good buck, great. Um, and if not, you'll try and shoot probably that same buck with your rifle or, you know, a, a buck you're looking at with a rifle if you can't get them with your bow. Is that kind of how you approach it? Yeah, and that's a lot of the – I you generally usually put in for that first rifle hunt there in August because um, – the deer typically are pretty patternable. So you mean the you mean the rifle hunt and you put in for the rifle hunt in October. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The October. So uh, they're typically pretty patternable. So a lot of times I can find some good deer in August, and if I can't capitalize with my bow, and there's one buck that's really got my interest peaked, and I'd be willing to shoot him with a rifle. Generally speaking, he'll be pretty much within the same canyon or the next canyon right next to that canyon in the first October hunt before they start feeling all the pressure. Okay, so if, if you had to pinpoint when your best time to scout is, like, do you you know, do you put it in August, or do you actually like scouting during the rut and then seeing if you can find them again in August, hunting them in August? If you don't get them in August, then you put into those units in southern Arizona October hunts that are generally almost 100% draw, and then you hunt them with a rifle. Um, that's a tough one. Um, I don't like scouting during the rut because, from what I've noticed, those bucks move a lot. I mean, I've seen a buck move three, four miles during the rut from where I've seen them in the earlier seasons. So typically, I'll start doing my, I mean, I generally scout all year round, but the majority of my scouting, because I really like the early season hunts, I'll start in July really, really scouting hard, and I'll scout all the way to opening day, so... Okay, and do you run trail cameras? Um, not, I mean, I do, but not, like, religiously. I prefer to do all my scouting with my eyes, personally. I just find it more effective for the way I hunt. But if I, like, have a spot that I hunt, like, a lot, a lot, then I'll put a couple cameras in there and see if I can get pictures of any of the bucks I'm hunting, but... Generally speaking, all my scouting's done just by glassing and that type of stuff. Okay, let's talk about glassing and, and scouting in the summer. Um, if you had to choose morning or evenings, which one would you glass, would you say, is most effective to finding bucks? Um, that's a tough one, too, but if I had to choose, I'd probably say I'm more productive in the mornings i think just because it seems like the deer move a little bit more like first thing in the morning during the summer um 
right before it gets hot. So they'll be cruising looking for a nice shady tree that'll stay shaded for a lot of the day so they don't have to get up and move again because they'll get up and move around just to stay in the shade just based on how hot it is, you know. So I'd have to say mornings on that one. What type of country is your favorite type of country to glass in August looking for bucks as far as terrain, elevation, you know, types of vegetation? Like, what is your favorite? Um, I wouldn't say I really have a favorite. Um, but lately I've been finding a lot of my big bucks down low, like um, in the flats type type of country like down low desert that kind of stuff it seems like a lot of the coos are really making a push down lower i mean generally speaking the most popular range for coos deer is that four to six thousand feet range where it's like grassy type oak juniper type habitat and i find a lot of good deer up there too um during the summer but just lately, I've been finding a lot of good bucks down low, so I've been kind of sticking more towards that kind of habitat. Don't you think looking down low, it's it's a lot harder, you know, for listeners out there that maybe are just getting into it, would you agree that finding deer in the low country is more of a challenge? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely more of a challenge because, I mean, the biggest thing is that I've seen is the deer numbers just aren't there down lower as they are in say that four to six thousand range. But because um, I mean some of my spots out here down low, I mean I can go two three days without seeing a single deer. But usually when I do finally find a buck in there, it's usually a good one. So yeah, that makes it hard and it kind of makes it discouraging in a way because you're not seeing the numbers of deer. And for a lot of people, I mean, seeing deer every day is something that makes it more fun. So, I mean, it kind of takes a special type of person to be looking in those kinds of places where there are just not many deer in there. You know what I mean? For sure. So a strategy that you use in looking in the low country, I mean, do you just take any vantage point that you can get and just try and glass as much as you can knowing that you'll go a few days and not see a deer but you just know that when you do find a buck it's probably a good one or do you specifically like kick out big big um tone knob points or something where you can really look out in those flats i mean or do you just take any little rise that you can get oh i'm pretty much taking any little rise i can get i mean i've got I've got a couple little hills that I usually do pretty good on, so I kind of stick to those. But um, pretty much with the flats type deal, it's all about covering country. Um, so, I mean, I'm glassing with 15s, and then I've got a 60-power spotting scope too. So, I mean, I'm looking a long ways. Makes sense. You, you talked about um, deer... You don't like to scout much in the rut, and I, I, I gather that the deer, you're saying, move three or four miles, and some people probably hear that and think, well, that's not very far. 
in coos deer country terms three or four miles is a long way would you agree it's oh. not like you're up up hunting elk and it's three or four miles i mean you can get up on knobs and look three or four miles in elk country coos deer typically stay in pretty tight home ranges but when you're talking they move four miles over to rut um a lot like elk in that the fact that they you know elk move it you know 15 20 miles to go rut like exactly. you're dealing probably with totally different bucks than are normally there 11 months out of the year yeah exactly i mean three to four miles out here uh that's some rough stuff because i mean some of these canyons out here are so deep that i mean even just getting across one canyon is a half a day deal yeah, tell me about the hunt. Um, you got your girlfriend uh, into hunting, and this was her first deer hunt, correct? Um, yeah. Tell me kind of your your thoughts going into that and kind of how that played out. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect with it. Um, I kind of just went into it with an open mind, and if she liked it, she liked it. If she didn't, hey, that's okay, too. I'm not going to. It's not something I'm going to push on her if she doesn't like it, you know what I mean? But with that said, she blew all my expectations out of the water. I mean, she hunted harder than most guys I know. I mean, I hiked her around everywhere. Um, A lot of my usual spots got hammered with pressure. I mean, there's people everywhere. So we resorted to hunting down lower, and I because we started out in that four to six thousand foot range because I wanted her to see like the numbers of deer and be seeing deer all day that type of type of deal to keep her interested but there are so many people up in that range I told her I was like well we should probably go down lower we'll see less people but we're also going to see less deer so we went over um pretty close to where I shot that drop time buck because um, I was thinking that it, that deer he was running with might still be in there. Um, we went over there Sunday afternoon, and I ended up glassing up three lions and zero deer, so that kind of put a <laughs> damper always, on. That's always discouraging mentally, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, big time, trying to get away from the humans, and you end up running into the real hunters. So, But she had fun watching them for a while. So, And then... Uh, the next morning we went over and we had that buck that she shot um, at 240 yards uh, the next morning in a different spot. And she's getting all set up in the gun. She had just clicked the safety off and uh, the sun peeked over the ridge and blinded the scope out. And uh, I think something shined either the glass on my binos or the barrel or something on the gun because he caught something that he didn't like and he boogied up over the hill so and then that evening we went back in there and she ended up getting food poisoning so she started throwing up when we were trying to glass um so (laughs) that evening hunt ended real quick and then uh so she's thrown up all that night, so we didn't go out the next morning, and then the following evening we went out and glassed up that buck, and she drilled him at 280 yards, So and she got bit by the coos bug, that's for sure. That's fantastic. The photo on your Instagram with that beautiful sunset in the back, that's a 
outstanding photo. Did, did you just take it and that's how it turned out or did you do anything special to get that photo? Oh, no, that's not edited at all. There's a little thunderstorm type deal that rolled through Tucson that night. So the clouds were just right and we got up to that deer just at the right time. Pulled out my camera real quick and just started snapping pictures before it was too late. That's awesome. So is she just fired up about coos deer now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think she'll... Well, you never know. I'm just kind of assuming. But, I mean, I don't think she'll ever get to the type where she wants to go bow hunting all August, December, January type deal. But she said it's definitely something she'd enjoy doing at least once a year, which, I mean, it's cool. It's good time spent with each other. So, Yeah, for sure. For sure. So do you have um, any other cooster hunts coming up here um, or with the police uh, the police academy deal with that kind of um, going to keep you closer to home? Um, I mean, I'm, I've got buddies that have tags and the next three rifle hunts, so I'm going to help them out as much as I can. Um, but like I said, I'm not making any commitments to like any like week long type deals, but if I can help out on the weekends, that'll work. So I'll be down by the border next weekend on a, my buddy Weston's coos deer hunt. So we'll see how that one turns out. Those border units um, down there have you with with everything going on with the illegal immigration and all of that stuff. Have you actually noticed an increase or decrease in the amount of you know, traffic and illegal traffic and what have you, or is it actually, you know, what, is it increasing or decreasing? Well, I've got one of my good buddies, he works for Border Patrol over by Three Points. And um, when he first started, they were catching upwards of like 200 plus illegals a day. And he just told me recently that it's dropping and, I mean, he's, he's saying they're lucky if they get one group of 10 to 15 in a 24-hour period now. So there's definitely a decrease, and I don't know if it's a type of deal where it's just moving out of his sector, moving to another part of the state, and then in a year or whenever it'll be back over to his sector. I don't know. But, I mean, even out hunting, I've definitely seen a decrease, So which is good. I mean, it's yeah. not fun sitting on a hill and having a group of 15 illegals walk up on you, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it definitely keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, big time. I noticed in a lot of these photos on your Instagram page, you're wearing Kuyu gear. Um, they're obviously a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, I'm kind of catching you off guard here, I'm sure, but um, what's your thoughts on Kuyu gear? Oh, I love it. Uh, I've never used anything better, I don't think, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I've got the whole deal from their base layers all the way through their rain gear, black, vinyl harness, that type of deal. So um, It almost yeah, looks like in this, in this velvet picture, it looks like you got the Tiburon pants on as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love those. Those are incredibly warm weather, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. I'm happy to have Kuyu as a sponsor, and Dar and I have been wearing Kuyu since 2010, and, um, you know, Jason 
his quest for innovation and, and just trying to get better and better and make better product, you know, it, he's just constantly trying to push the envelope. And um, oh, yeah. I think that's why they set themselves apart, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable stuff. It's definitely the most comfortable hunting apparel I've ever worn, hands down. Yeah. So with shooting a buck in August, are you going to get after it pretty hard um, January 1st? Is that kind of your goal, or what? what's kind of your plan moving forward? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get going here. Uh, well, Game of Fish just started um, charging cards today for the spring hunt, so I saw a charge on there, which I'm assuming is a pig tag. So I, like, doing that combo javelina a deer thing and i do that down south i've got a good spot for javelina i usually go out and shoot one on new year's which makes it nice but yeah i might get after it hard here come the first of the year well i'll get after it hard before that trying to find a good buck so when do you notice the coos deer you know in january if you had to pick a seven day window um when would you say is, you know, just in general down there in those southern Arizona units, the seven-day, seven to ten-day window when the rutting uh, behavior is just, you know, when they're just running around like crazy? What year in and year out, what would you guess? Um, that's kind of a tough one because I've seen quite a bit of it to me. kind of depends on the weather. I mean, it seems like they really like it to, get real cold and that type of deal but usually what i see the best time for the ruts usually about the third week of january is when i get the best action yeah so kind of that 18th 19th through like the 24th 25th 26th somewhere in there oh yeah definitely yeah um, do your tactics change when you're hunting, say, in August compared to when you're hunting in, in January when they're full-blown rut? Is there anything that you do differently? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, pretty much my whole, the main part of my game is just glassing and stalking. That's how I do it. That's how I've always done it. Um, the thing that changes for me, I'd say between August and uh, January would be you don't have as much time to get on them once they bed um, in January as you do in August because you don't know when all of a sudden they're going to get all riled up and go jump out of their bed and chase a doe over the hill, you know what I mean? So that kind of makes it tough. So, I mean, I kind of try in January, I'll try and move a little quicker to get on them. I'm not as quiet and, like, moving slow, that type of deal. And also, if they are rutting, generally they stay in the same little area when they're chasing their does. So, if I glass up a buck rutting, I'll try and get on down there while he's still rutting, too. And kind of just try and get in that area and see if I can kind of cut him off or that type of deal when he's chasing his doe around. But just pretty much to answer your question is the amount of time you have to work with changes dramatically between August and January. 
Yeah, um, I agree. And they seem to let their guard down when they're chasing those does. I mean, it, it's crazy how they can be so wary and so crafty. And about there's about a 10-day window where they just kind of throw caution to the wind and, and uh, get I don't want to say they get stupid because they never get stupid, but they do some stupid things. <laughs> I guess we oh, yeah. all do chase, chasing the uh, opposite sex around. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, um, so being a coosdeer nut down there, I mean, obviously there's desert muleys running around too. Have you gotten a bug at all or? Have you have you gotten to where you like chasing those desert muleys when they're rutting as well? Um, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> I've just yeah. been bit by that coosdeer bug so hard that I don't know if anything will ever get rid of it. You know, I've killed one mule deer with my bow, and that was in 2013, I think. I decided that January that... I wanted to shoot a mule deer this year, so that's what I did. And I think it took me six or seven days, and I was done. And I was like, well, you know, I think the thing with coos deer for me is just how humbling they are to hunt. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's like they have a sixth sense. I mean, everything on your stock can be right. You can get in there on them. You can be sitting 40 yards from them while they're bedded down. Everything's perfect. The wind's right, everything. They're looking the other way, and then all of a sudden they just jump up, and you're like, what just happened? I mean, I didn't do anything wrong, you know. So I think, for me, that's what makes it so fun and so what makes me love it so much. Yeah, I I. I feel the same way. They're just an unbelievable deer. I mean, from how pretty they are to how crafty they are, um, you know, it's just something about a big buck, too, and a big cooth buck, you know, when you get over 100 inches, I mean, on their head, and then, you know, you start getting up in some of those bigger bucks, too. It's, it's crazy how big they look, um, you know, compared to their, their rack looks compared to their body. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the character, talk a little too. Bit. Oh, yeah. Each rack has its own unique, like, there's not, there's hardly ever two bucks alike, you know? Yeah, especially when they do start getting over that 100-inch mark, when they start getting the palmation and the bladed eye guards and that kind of deal, they just start getting even prettier. Yeah. You talked about using 15-power optics. What optics are you using? Uh, I've got the... The Swarovski 15 powers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty hard to beat, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. I haven't got the HDs yet, but they're coming here soon. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, um, it's been great picking your brain um, today about coos deer, and, and uh, glad to finally have you on the podcast. And that velvet buck, that dropper, that's just a neat, neat buck. Do you have that buck mounted yet? Uh, not yet. I'm still trying to decide where I want to take him to. So, I mean, he's such a special buck. I want to make sure that it's definitely done right, you know what I mean? Because I'll be lucky to find another coos deer with a six-and-a-half-inch drop tine again. That's just, I mean, unheard of. So, 
Yeah. For sure. Well, man, um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing some of your stories and your knowledge with us. Uh, and uh, I'll be watching on Instagram, uh, just following along, and um, keep posting good stuff. And and I'll be anxious to see if you, you get after them in January, if you're able to get another buck. And uh, just appreciate you uh, sharing with us here. Oh, yeah. I have good time talking to you. So I hope we can do it again here soon. All right, buddy. Well, God bless you. And, um, oh, uh, one last thing. Are you a Wildcat fan? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see if your devils could stop Mr. Tate. Oh, man. You guys are six and two, and we're four and four. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm a little frightened for the, for the game on the 25th, but, uh, you know, I, I've been busting your buddy, uh, Eric Forrest shops about it. Uh, I tell him, I don't care if ASU loses every game in the regular season, as long as they beat the U of A. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. It's coming soon. Yeah. As long as it's a good game, it's fun to watch. I love the rivalry. So, um, it's fun to, it's fun to, jab back and forth with you guys i got a bunch of friends here in the valley that went to u of a and and um you know it's 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 a pretty fun rivalry so well buddy god bless you i'll catch you later okay all righty sounds good